Hey you, how are you? As I always say, I hope you are doing well. I hope you are smiling. I hope you are in good health. I hope everything around you is just good. Already in you family, we are two years old. Oh my goodness, I am, I am just awed. I am in awe of God, truly, truly, truly in awe of God. December 1st is our anniversary day. It's the day I, I did my first episode, published my first episode. Um, and so every year I get a slice of cake and I take some pictures. So if you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, please do so that you can see um, these posts. But yeah, this time I got chocolate cake, um, shared it with my family. And I just really just give God a lot of thanks. Shout out to Spotify because if not for that, I really wouldn't. I think Spotify exists, I guess, for me to remind me of what God is doing. I'm grateful for the end of the year specs because, again, it's like, you know, I think sometimes you just get into a routine kind of of just doing episodes and doing everything you can do by God's grace to be consistent you know, and so, and you forget about some of the 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 actualities, the data, the facts, right? Um, so I'm grateful for Spotify Rap because at the end of the year they send you a list of, and I think if you listen to Spotify on your own, you'll see. Oh, they'll tell you you listen to this most and this last and whatever, whatever. So they sent that out, and um, I think just seeing the growth, right? We're thousands of episodes in. We are. I gained 50% of my followers this year. I um, already in you, you guys really loved waiting part one. That particular episode was streamed 154% more than any other episode. So, wow. Um, um, uh, a bunch of people were told, they told me like how, many, how much percent was, the link was sent out by text, by WhatsApp by direct link and I'm like how do they even know this first of all lord have mercy but I am so grateful um but beyond all that thank you guys thank you guys thank you thank you thank you I am so grateful to all of you for listening um for following what I have to say for listening on Spotify on Apple Podcasts um those of us in the U.S., of course, I think I'm in 90% in the U.S. or so 94% and then 3% in Nigeria and then 2% in the U.K. and then a whole bunch of other countries where there's 1% or less than 1%. I am grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful. You guys truly, truly, truly make my heart smile. And I thank God for you today. And I thank God for you every day. And I know I said this last um, episode, because we were talking about Thanksgiving. And and I am thankful for you in that sense. But I'm thankful for you in every sense. Truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Some of you truly are my commercials. Um, And I thank you. And it's obvious, right? Because if all of the, you know, if I'm gaining all of these uh, followers and, you know, Spotify is telling me how much the link is being shared, it's not being shared by me. I think I tell a few people that I run into that say, oh, you have a podcast. And I say, yeah, 
you know and so I send out a few of those kinds of texts but definitely not anything that I think would be picked up by them um and so it's definitely you guys and I am grateful thank you thank you please continue to share please continue to let people know um and I will definitely do my part to continue um to bring you know the the news right to bring to you what I believe the Lord is saying to me to us to the world um in this season so thank you guys I am incredibly grateful incredibly grateful for you guys we have been talking about hope right and last week we talked about Noah not last week last episode forgive me last episode we talked about Noah and the hope all the hope that we saw in his ark my goodness hope after hope hope after hope after hope after hope and so you know I was saying in that episode that I had no intentions of of talking about Noah for the whole episode I don't even know how that happened really well I know how his name is Holy Spirit hello um but I went into it thinking okay yeah I'll tell them about the ark experience and then I'll get into what I I actually came to talk about into what I actually felt like the Lord um has spoken to me recently and some way somehow right Noah just took the whole show so um yeah I didn't want to I'm really trying to keep to to a, a certain time point so I didn't want to keep going on and on um but uh needless to say the arc experience was a beautiful experience for me um but I wanted to to speak on something a little bit different um about halfway through November I was in Maryland um Washington DC as well you know those two are are pretty much the same the same place let me not say the same before people come for me um they're in the same place so to speak and um my parents are in Maryland and so I was in Maryland visiting my parents but I was also in DC in that same time frame um at a at a at a rally um Bethel Campus Fellowship which is an organization I'm a part of they are they were doing something called Proclaim which is an outdoor crusade right to tell people about the Lord and to to get people saved get people delivered set free etc and so I was out there and it's just so beautiful you know one of the most beautiful things to witness is to witness people coming to the Lord um and it's something that I pray never gets old for me because when you're looking at it, you're looking at someone walk up to the stage or raise their right hand or something of the sort, and you're seeing literally the beginning of someone's better days, like the beginning of their future, the beginning of literally their hope, right? You are literally witnessing them step into a hope that they did not have before. You know, before Christ, all all that you can really hold on to is just the hope the hope, quote unquote, that the sun will come out, right? That tomorrow is going to be a better day. Keep hope alive, those kinds of things. But without Christ, there is no hope, right? The Bible says Christ in me is the hope of glory, right? So it's because I have Christ on the inside of me that I have hope for a glory to come, right? The sufferings of this present moment are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Hope, hope. There's hope because of Christ, right? And so when you're listening to a salvation message, even if you're already saved and you're witnessing people 
make a decision for the Lord. There should be, I mean, we already know the Bible tells us that there's a party in heaven, right? But there should be a party in your heart too. Man, because these people are literally walking into the best days of their lives. Literally, a page is turning over in the book and they are starting a brand new journey. And it is beautiful to behold. So needless to say, witnessing hundreds of people walk up to the stage and give their lives to the Lord was, oh, was a beautiful thing. And, and again, I pray that it never gets old. Um, and, and, and another thing that happened in that time was, you know, um, one of the ministers came after the salvation message, salvation message to deliver a, a message on deliverance, right? Getting free from a lot of the things that you're dealing with. Why? Because when you come to the Lord, there, is there an instant newness? Yes, but there are sometimes some old things that want to hold on, right? Just like when you're washing a plate, you know, if you've ever washed plastic that had oil on it, you could wash it. Even if you're using Dawn, Palm Olive, all the, the good stuff, you could wash it and then you take your finger across it and you feel you still feel that slick because there's residue. And so even though, quote unquote, the plate is clean, right, there's still some things you have to deal with. And so the second message was around deliverance. And deliverance is something that all of us need. And maybe one day we'll get into that. But, you know, not today. We're talking about hope. Um, but it was on deliverance and deliverance is not specific to just those that have just come to the Christ. You can be in the Lord for 30 years and still need deliverance on a specific issue, right? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's, um, lust. Maybe it's, uh, lies. Maybe it's, um, self doubting or, I mean, the list is endless on what could be ailing you in your in your journey with the Lord that you need deliverance from so she comes up and she 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 gives this message and I'm listening sitting on the grass on a blanket with my daughter Uh, my husband and my son were in other places and the pastor speaking her name is Pastor Tasha she was um she was speaking and and what was she she mentioned something that literally oh my goodness blew my mind and so we're going to look at that today because after she mentioned it and she mentioned it in passing it was again her message was on deliverance and getting free and staying free as a child of God but I heard hope because I already knew that that's where I was going that's where the Lord was taking us in AIY already in you um and so I heard the whole message but when she said this one or two sentences, like my mind just went to a whole nother place. And I just, you know, um, was really thinking about this and thinking about you and thinking about how I was going to share with you what the Lord was sharing with me um, at Proclaim. Okay, so we're going to read Psalms chapter 139, um, the first 18 verses, um, 18 part A. So just verse 1 to 18a it goes all the way to um 24 but we're going to stop at 18 so psalms 139 says "O lord you have searched me thoroughly and have known me you know my down sitting and my uprising you understand my thought afar off you sift and search out my path and my lying down you are acquainted with my days and my ways For there is not a word in my tongue still unuttered. 
But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me and shut me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Your infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high above me. I cannot reach it. Verse 7, where could I go from your spirit? Or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely, the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about me. Even the darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise you, for you are fearfully for you are fearful and wonderful. And for the awful wonder of my birth, wonderful are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and curiously wrought, as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. Verse 17, how precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. So she referenced two verses here, the last two, last three verses. And and, and she, again, she didn't like open it up. She just referenced it in her message. And I caught the reference and I looked it up right then in the audience, on the grass, at the National Mall. And I was like, oh my goodness. I Googled it because I, I didn't know where it was. Um, but I was completely enamored from that moment. And so there's something so beautiful about this scripture when you're thinking about hope. David, this is a Psalm of David, and David starts off by saying, essentially reminding the Lord, reminding himself also that there's nothing about him that the Lord doesn't know, right? Oh Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. And even that, even that right there is enough to spark hope in us because there's nothing about you that the Lord doesn't know. You have known me, you have searched me thoroughly. I'm reading from the Amplified. So Amplified adds that word thoroughly. So every intricate detail of me, you know. And for some people that would, that would spark fear, right? Because if you know me thoroughly, if you know me intricately, if you know all the re- inner recesses of my mind, of my heart, of my soul, of my body, then you know all of me truly. And if you know all of me truly, and yet you still love me, what kind of God does that make you? Right? Because again, if you know me, then you know the thoughts. I was telling somebody, I was teaching a class at church and I was telling them, you know, there are there are days I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Lord, when, when? I think I said this in an episode previously too. Like, when are you going to save my mind? 
because I think I do pretty good with my mouth. I think I do pretty good with, you know, obviously my body and all that stuff, but my mind, Lord have mercy. There are things that I think or that will flash across my mind. And I'm like, no, Ifa, we are saved. You know, and I know the Bible tells us to drive every thought away captive, but I find myself having to drive a lot of thoughts captive. Um, and I'm like, Lord, at what point does my mind get saved? Um, and and I'm saying to if if this is me reading this scripture, right, and I'm saying to myself, Lord, you know the things that I think on occasion that do not glorify you, that do not please you in any way, that do not bring, you know, your name praise, that do not, that are not exemplary of a true child of God. All of these things, if you, if, if you know me intricately and you know that I think these things and yet you love me, that is so comforting so comforting why because if 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 you know everything about me and you still choose to love me then it makes me also to know that there's nothing I could do where I could fall out of your love right if everything about you is before him he knows what you're doing he knows what you're thinking he knows what's on your mind he knows what you just ate that you shouldn't have eaten he knows he knows what you did last week that no one else knew about he knows it he knows it he knows it and yet and yet in all of his knowledge he still loves you oh my goodness there is nothing nothing you could do that would make him fall out of love with you. And if that doesn't incite hope in you, then I'm telling you to shake yourself up a little bit. You know, jump up and bounce around because that is one of the ultimate reasons why you and I should hope. There is nothing I could do. There is nothing I could be. There is nothing I could say that will cause him to fall out of love with me. He knows me intricately and yet... He still loves me. He knows me intricately and yet he still wants to bring me to a future and a hope. He knows me intricately and yet he still wants to speak to me. He desires to converse with me. He desires to be with me. He desires that I be in his presence as filthy and unworthy as I am. He knows me and yet he wants me. Awesome God. So he goes, David is going through all of these things and he's saying all of these things. You know where I lie down. You know where I get up. You know where I sit down. You know where I stand up. You know all of these things. In verse 4 he says, there is not a word in my tongue still unuttered, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He knows what you will say next week and in two years. And he knows the slip up you're going to have when, when, um, um, somebody cuts you off on the road. He knows that the, the, the word that you haven't said in 17 years that will come flying out of your mouth because someone said the wrong thing to you or looked at you wrong. He knows it already. And yet again, yet he loves you. He knows about your sins in the future. And yet he loves you today. You know, because if you and I, if I'm serious, like if you could read the future and you could see the person that's going to annoy you to no end next week, what do you think you would do this week? You think you're going to be smiling in their face and rubbing their backs this week? Absolutely not. No, next week you coming for me. So I really don't want anything to do with you today. That's how we would act, right? And yet that's not how the Lord acts. 
Oh my goodness, he knows the lie you're going to tell in two weeks time, but yet today he still loves you unconditionally. I don't understand that kind of love, but that love gives me so much hope because there's nothing again, nothing I can do that's going to make him fall out out of love with me. He knows the words I will yet speak. Verse 7 says, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And so the question I'm asking you now is where are you? Because some of us are not in a good place, right? Some of us are not walking the straight and narrow the way we ought to you know that's an analogy for your walk with the Lord some of us know you know like you're listening to me listening to me right now and you know you haven't read your word in a couple weeks you haven't you haven't what you haven't uh worshiped in a couple days you haven't prayed in 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 some time you haven't done all the things you know you need to do and so now there's a there's a shame there's an embarrassment and so you you find yourself pulling back right and the beautiful thing about this thing is that oh my goodness David is so thorough he said listen if you ascend up where can I flee from your presence if I ascend up into heaven right if I can become a bird and get somewhere closer to you because you're in heaven you're there but He didn't stop right there. He said, if I go to the place of the dead, you are there too. And so where are you? Are you on the straight and narrow doing everything the Lord wants you to do? Or are you all the way on the other side? It does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. You might be completely black backslidden, completely walking the other way. Or maybe you're stagnant. Maybe you've been in the same position for for seven years, for three years, for three months. Maybe that's the issue. Wherever you are, are you up in heaven next to Jesus himself? Or are you in the place of the dead? It does not matter. Why? Because the Bible just told us that his spirit is there with you wherever you are. Are you doing everything right or are you doing everything wrong? It doesn't matter. Oh my goodness, let the, listen, let hope arise in your heart today. Wherever you find yourself, God is there. And all it takes is for you to come right back. The most hopeful thing that I can think of, at least right now, is that again, not only is there nothing I could do that could separate me from his love, which is also scripture, but there is nowhere I could go where he won't be with me. So you messed up and you went to the club. Cool. He was there with you. And he's right with you right now, wherever you are. Oh, I haven't uh, smoked weed in a long time. And then I just messed up. Cool. He's right with you. Right where you are. There is nowhere you could go where he isn't with you. And then the Bible goes on to say, Surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about me. Even the darkness hides nothing from you. But the night shines as the day and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. 
One of the most scary things for me personally is confusion. Oh man, I hate to be confused. I hate to not know the way the way to go. I hate you know like even being behind the wheel and not knowing where I'm going, right? I remember one day where my phone died and oh man, there was no charger in the car. I couldn't find a charger in the car. I'm in a car with both of my children. They were younger then and I think both of them had fallen asleep. Probably one was four and the other one was one and my husband was out of town and I was somewhere I did not know where I was goodness gracious y'all the amount of panic in my heart the anxiety that built up inside of me you would think (laughs) you would think I was on a dirt road somewhere no 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 I was on one of these 285 uh 85 20 I don't know I was somewhere here in Georgia um but I was panicking goodness gracious I had to pull the car over I had to calm myself down I had to look through all the the places in the car found a charger with a shorted wire you know the kind that you have to hold it in a specific way I was able to charge the the phone a little bit and then wrap it around in a way that the wire stayed (laughs) oh my goodness oh lord so I charged it for a couple minutes enough so that I could see where I was going to get to where I could you know, recognize where I was because I had gone to visit a friend who had moved to a new place and it was, you know, very far from me. You know, Georgia is a mess. Everywhere is an hour plus, at least from where we live. And so I think it was an hour and 20 minutes away from me. So I was 20 minutes into the drive when everything shut down and I was just like, oh my God. And so by the time I finally called my husband, my husband was just like, well, (laughs) he was like, you know, we have navigation in the car, right? (laughs) Y'all, I completely forgot that the car we have has navigation built into it. So here I am doing all of this craziness with with the phone cord and digging through the trunk to see if there's a phone cord, found a phone cord that's faulty when I could have just put our home address into the car and it would have taken me home. When he said it, I almost threw the phone. I could not believe that I forgot that. And, 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 And that brings me to the point that I'm making here with the Bible saying the darkness even the darkness hides nothing from the Lord confusion and being lost whether physically like I was or just lost not knowing which way to go what what direction Lord what should I major in Lord who do I marry Lord which which uh job offer do I take those kinds of things have the potential to cripple me if not for the Lord and the hope that his presence brings why because the Bible just told us that the darkness and the light are the same to him oh God so Jesus never stumbles in the dark he never stubs his toe on the coffee table that somebody moved two inches north right? He never walks into walls like we do. He never stumbles on the steps because we could not see. No, no, no. To Jesus, everything is light. Darkness and light are the same to him. The Bible tells us, I am the way. The way to what? The way out of whatever situation you've gotten yourself into. He's the way. Oh, come on. That is hope. That is hope. Why? Because again, there is never a place that I can be that he doesn't know the way out of. Whether it's a dark place or it's a light place, he knows. He knows. I am the way, the way out of whatever mess 
you've gotten yourself into. I am also the truth, the truth that is the opposite of the lies the enemy is whispering to you right now. You are ugly. You are a failure. You know nothing. You do nothing. Here we are closing out the year and you've had a horrible year. You shouldn't even be alive to see next year. All of the lies that he wants to tell you to kill the hope that you have. Listen, the Lord is the truth that negates all of that. I am the way, I am the truth, and then I am the light. There can be no confusion when he's light. Listen, if you if you are in a current place of darkness, confusion, chaos, turn on the light. And what does that light look like? It looks like Jesus. Why? Because to him, the light and the dark are one. He sees you where you are. Hope, hope can live again in your life. Hello? Oh my goodness. The light and the darkness are the same to him. I think one of the biggest fears when a poll was done across the universe is what? Fear the dark. Why? Because we are humans and we place so much emphasis on what we can see. And we can talk about faith and walking by faith and not sight another day. But that's just humanness, right? What I can see makes me comfortable. What I cannot see makes me uneasy. But the beauty of not being able to see something is is in the fact that we serve a God that sees everything. Nothing is darkness to him. Oh, my goodness. And then... The last part, so we talked about verse 15, 14 and 15, when we were talking about who am I? Do you remember that? I won't go into that again. But the last part, and this is the part where Pastor Tasha was talking, that she referenced when she was preaching, again, two, two sentences of her sermon, a literally an afterthought. And it caught me like a load of bricks. And it's verse 16 and 17. It says, your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book all the days of my life were written before they took shape when as yet they were none of them how precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me O god how vast is the sum of them oh my goodness you know again i am one of those people that struggles with the unknown struggles in the sense i mean praise god for god because lord um, but struggles with, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and, and I guess in a way that can be anxiety, you know, depending on how, how far it goes, but just struggles with not knowing, Lord, what do I do? Lord, how? Lord, Lord, Lord. Like, right? That's how my prayers sound sometimes. And so when Pastor Tasha was preaching, she was just like, listen, there is nothing that you're going through. Nothing, nothing that is nothing 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 that is nothing she's like there's nothing that you're going through that he doesn't know and so what questions do you have ask him and the bible says all of your days are written in the book and then it says before ever they took shape when there was none of them they were written so before there was an ether before there was a sperm and an egg from two people that came together to create me before that 
My days were written in the book. Why does that incite hope? Because there's nothing, again, there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can go through that he doesn't already know about. Oh, rest easy, sweet loves, because everything you're going through, everything you will go through, he already knows it, number one. But number two, what questions do you have about your life? This is where you get on your face and you get in the presence of God and you ask him, Lord, open up the book because I need to know. What am I supposed to major in? What do I do my master's and my PhD in? Lord, open up the books because you already wrote it. It's already written. So open up the books. Let me download a snippet, a portion, a summary of chapter 40. Hey, I'm 40. Chapter 40, verse month seven. Could you show me, Lord, what I'm supposed to do in the seventh month of my 40th year? Do you realize that before your parents ever had a thought of you, all of your days were written. And so if there's anything about your life that you don't know, all you have to do is go to him and ask, Lord, open up the book. And it's not like he has to read it. Hello? He already knows every page of your book by heart. But you can ask him, Lord, open up the book so that I can see a little bit of it. Lord, that gives me so much hope, y'all. That gives me so much hope. I am walking in his plan. I am walking in his way. Not only because the Bible tells me that the steps of the righteous are ordered, but also because periodically I ask that question, Lord, open up the book. And let me download a piece. Let me download a little bit. And then David ends it all by reminding us of how much the Lord thinks of us. How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. Wait. Excuse me? Not if I could count all of the thoughts for all of the 8 billion people that currently walk the earth, it would be more... It would be more than the sand. In which case we could say, okay, take all the beaches and divide it by 8 billion. Take all the sand on all the beaches, combine them and divide it by 8 million. In some kind of way, that's still crazy and absurd. Why? Because that's still a lot of thoughts for each person. But no, that's not it. He didn't say sum it all up and do all the math that I just did. He said, how vast is the sum of them? I could count them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand for me. Not all of us listening, not all of the already in you family, not all of those of us in North America, in Africa, in Asia, in, in, in Australia, in Europe, etc. No, no, no. South America, Central America, Antarctica. No, no, no. He didn't say that. He said, you, 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 if he could count them, the thoughts towards me alone are more than all of the sand on every beach combined. Oh, Father, what kind of God do we have, y'all? What kind of Father do we have? All of those thoughts just for me, just for you. 
Take hope in the fact that you have a God that's thinking about you. And not thinking about you just when your picture pops up. Not thinking about you when I get a text that reminds me of you. Not thinking about you when I walk into a room and it smells a little bit like XYZ. No, no, no. He's thinking about you all the time. All the time. Because if you divided all of the number of the sand on every beach combined and you divide it by the number of days you're going to live, I mean, it's got to be millions, millions, billions per day. So per second, I mean, it's not even one thought per second. That math is not even one thought per second. And I don't have the ability to think one thought per second for my own children, much less five thoughts per second, 10 thoughts, a thousand thoughts per second. Y'all, the God we serve is up in heaven thinking about us. And if that doesn't give you hope that if God is thinking about me, if God is planning my life, if God wrote out my days before I was conceived, before I was even thought of, then I am going to have a fantastic life. Why? Because the author wrote my story. And every, every story he writes is a bestseller. Every single one, including mine. And so that puts a smile on my face and that makes me say, yeah, I have hope. There are reasons, reasons every single day for me to get up. Reasons every single day for me to know and believe that today's going to be a great day. Reasons every month to say this month is the best month of my life so far. Reasons every year, even as we close out this year in a couple of weeks, in just three short weeks, we will be in a new year. And I'm telling you, if you haven't gotten Uh, an excitement in you for next year then read this scripture again read these verses again and remind yourself that all of my days are written in his book already already and the Lord doesn't write bad stories Mm -mm. so your life is beautiful on the other side your life tomorrow is beautiful and the day after that even more beautiful why Because the path of the just shines brighter. 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 Remember, all you need for life and godliness has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty.